That's it. That was your cue. What was my cue? That right there. You're supposed to say, Masterpiece Audio Theatre Presents. Masterpiece Audio Theatre Presents. That's right. Then you say, Myths from Around the World. Myths from Around the World. Okay, and a stranded in the middle of nowhere podcast. A stranded in the middle of nowhere podcast? Well, where are we? How are we going to get home? I'm going to get scared. Everything will be all right, trust me. This is a continuation from the Dog Days of Podcasting 2022. Hello and welcome to Masterpiece Audio Theatre. I am your host, Jay Langjans. I'm going to uh, interject myself into the podcast. Uh, We're going to stay away from the boys for this week. This is the first official After the Dog Days podcast. Uh, I'm going to be completing... Aladdin and his wonderful lamp. If you are just catching up now, you're just catching this episode, you missed the dog days, you don't know what the dog days are, well, don't worry. You just have to go back to the stuff that I posted back in August, for the entire month of August. Um, and in this particular case, you probably want to go back eight episodes, nine episodes, and then you'll catch the first episode of Aladdin and his wonderful lamp, and then you can follow along. I did those uh, one a day for the whole month of August, and... Uh, Ended up with a bunch of material at the end, and we're going to just podcast it. So this is part nine of Aladdin and His Wonderful Lamp. It's going to be much longer than what I previously posted uh, during the dog days. Because those ones, I was trying to keep them around five to ten minutes long. Um, And uh, I don't have that situation now. Because uh, there aren't a bunch of people who are forced to listen because they're trying to complete the challenge of listening to every podcaster podcasting during the dog days of podcasting. Uh, you'll notice that uh, I still acknowledge it both in the intro and the outro. Truth be told, outro music, I made it at the beginning of August, recorded it, uh, put the bumper information into it, made it a song mp3 and imported it from itunes back um, now what they call music back into GarageBand. so i don't actually have the copy of that because i forgot to save it and uh, there's so many things going on in that one so many different instruments that i incorporated in that one i just can't get the same sound back so i just left that one as it is but fortunately the intro music i was uh able to do it uh i may change that we'll see I didn't get any suggestions on length for podcasts except from Sonia, who listened. Uh, and this one's going to be a little shorter than what she suggested. She suggested between 45 minutes and an hour. I cut this one off so that we kind of have um, sections. Because uh, the story doesn't have chapters, per se. Um, it, it is it is separated in the, in the Glutenberg paper uh, by photos. And uh, this one's pretty close to one of those photos. And it is a change in direction. For the, excuse me, for the story, it, it progresses. Anyway, so all of that being said, I am proud to present Aladdin and his wonderful lamp, and I hope you enjoy, and I hope you keep listening. From all of us here at Masterpiece Audio Theatre, sit down by the fire and enjoy this wonderful tale. Aladdin made a gesture of impatience at his mother's view of the matter. 
on my head and eye, he said angrily. Thou art my mother. Thou art very lacking in sense. I put it to you. What man living, yea, even though he be the sultan, would refuse to grant thy request when thou comest to him with the price of more than half his kingdom? Nay, my mother, for such thou art, thou art surely deficient in wisdom. And he took up the bowl of glittering jewels and weighed the chances of them in his hand. But his mother, silenced as she was with his shrewd words, was terrified at the prospect of her visit to the sultan, and still went on raising difficulties. Haply, O oh my son, he will be pleased to see me because of the gift. But what if he say to me, Who is this thy son, who seeketh the hand of my daughter? What is his condition and state of life? How can he ask thee that, answered Aladdin, when the jewels in the bowl are crying out my state and my condition? Such a thing will never happen except in thy mind. Do thou now arise and go to him, for I will no longer listen to these fanciful excuses. Nay, nay, my son, she cried, seeing there was no withdrawing from her promise. I will go, but give me till the morning to strengthen and prepare myself. So Aladdin curbed his impatience and agreed to wait until the following day. But, since he realized that it was not impossible that the project might fail, and that he might have to seek the slave of the lamp for advice on help and difficulty, he spoke to his mother on the matter. Oh, my mother, he said, it was the condition of thy promise that I should not invoke the slave of the lamp for the furtherance of my desire. Yet it must be understood between us that if thou make a blunder, which thou needest not to do, then to extricate us from a dire calamity, I am free to rub the lamp and see what its slave can do for our salvation. His mother assented to this, for she knew if she failed with the sultan, all was lost, and in such case even the aid of a demon would be acceptable. Then, said Aladdin, See thou to it, that in thy gossip to our neighbors, not a word of the lamp escape thy lips, for if this wonderful possession of ours become known, it will speedily pass out of our hands and its virtues with it. Therefore, keep thy counsel, O my mother, and babble not of our secret. Fear nothing, my son, she replied. The lamp is our peculiar possession, and no word shall pass my lips concerning it. And they cease not to talk of their project, and the saving powers of the lamp, far into the night. When morning dawned, Aladdin's mother arose and prepared herself for the visit to the palace, and, wrapping the bowl of jewels in a cloth, went forth early. When she arrived at the palace, she found herself among the first there assembled, and at once fell to watching the princes and nobles and high officials as they came in. When the audience was full, the sultan came in and seated himself on the royal divan. All bowed down before him, and then stood waiting with folded arms for his permission to be seated. And when he gave permission, all sat down in their due order of precedence. Then he listened to their petitions in the same order and gave his decision until the hour grew late and the audience was declared closed. The sultan arose and went into the palace, and the princes with the nobles and the people went their way. Among them went Aladdin's mother, thinking to herself that this would be a matter of many days. She hastened home to Aladdin, who, when he saw her with the bowl of jewels just as when she departed, cried, What is this? Oh, my mother, hath he refused the jewels, and thy head is still on thy shoulders? Nay, my son, she replied, be patient. There were many before me, and I had no opportunity. 
and she told him how she had gained a place in the audience and how it was only a matter of waiting till her turn came to place her petition before the Sultan, perchance tomorrow or the next day. Aladdin was overjoyed at this hand. Though his exceeding love for the princess probed him sore, yet he resolved to possess his soul in patience against the fulfillment of his desire. But what he momentarily expected was hourly delayed, and from that time forth the daily postponement of his request added fuel to the flame of love in his heart. For on the following morning his mother set forth again for the palace and returned again in the evening, but one day nearer to the putting of her petition. And every day thereafter she stood in the audience with the bowl of jewels under her arm and heard the petitions, but dared not for very timidity address the sultan. And in this way she continued for a whole month, while the latter was nursing his impatient soul and waiting on the issue. Now the sultan, being observant, had noticed the woman present herself constantly at the levee, and at length one day, after the audience had dispersed and the sultan had retired with his grand vizier, he said to him, Hearken, O vizier, for many days I have seen an old woman at the levee, and on each occasion she has carried a bundle under her arm. Knowest thou aught of her? And the vizier, who had little esteem for women, replied, Doubtless a woman, like other women, O our lord, maybe she cometh with a deadly grievance against her husband, whom she desire to be beheaded, and, when thou grantest her desire, she'll plead for his life, supplicating thee with tears, for such was ever their way. But the sultan was curious about the woman and her silent persistence, and was not satisfied to dismiss the matter so easily. So he commanded the vizier to see to it that, should the woman present herself again, she be instantly brought before him. And so it came about. Aladdin's mother, though weary with her many attendances, still preserved in her quest, feeling that, for the sake of her son, she would endure all delay so that the issue might come at last. And it came, according to the sultan's command, to the grand vizier. For one day the sultan saw her waiting in the audience chamber, and ordered the vizier to bring her forward that he might consider her a fire. Now, at last, she was face to face with the sultan, making obeisance to him and kissing the ground at his feet. I have seen thee here, O woman, for many days, said the sultan, and though and thou hast not approached me, and thou hast not approached me. If thou hast a wish that I can grant, lay it before me. At this, she kissed the ground again and prayed fervently for the prolonging of his life. Then she said, O king of the ages, I have a request, but peace be unto thee, it is a strange one. Wherefore I claim thy clemency before I state it. These words whetted the sultan's curiosity, and he was a man of great gentleness. He spoke to her softly in reply, and not only assured her of his clemency, but ordered all others present to withdraw, saving only the Grand Vizier, so that he might hear her petition in secret. Now, woman, said the sultan, turning to her, make thy petition, and the peace of protection of God be on thee. Thy forgiveness also, O king, she said. God forgive thee if there ought to forgive. He replied, and at this Aladdin's mother unfolded the tale of her son's exceeding love for Bedr el Badur, the sultan's daughter, how, how life had become intolerable to him because of this, and how his only thought was to win the lady Bedr el Badur for his wife, or die either of grief or by the sultan's anger. Wherefore his life being in the balance in any case, 
she had come as a last resort to beg the sultan to bestow his daughter on her son. And she concluded by beseeching the sultan not to punish either her or her son for this unparalleled hardihood. The sultan looked at the grand vizier, whose face was of stone. For the lady Bedrail Badur had already been promised to his son, a matter well understood between them. What sayest thou? said the sultan, regarding him with a merriment in his eyes. But the grand vizier only cast a contemptuous look at Aladdin's mother, and answered him, O king of the age, thou knowest how to deal with this petition. At this, the sultan laughed outright, and, turning a kindly face to the humble supplicant, observed her minutely. What is that bundle thou hast under thine arm? He said at last, remembering that she brought it with her on every occasion. Aladdin's mother, greatly relieved to see the sultan laughing, unfolded the wrappings of the bowl and handed it to him. As soon as he took it in his hands and saw the size and the splendid sparkle of the jewels, the sultan laughed no longer, but gazed at them speechless with wonder and admiration. Then at length he handed the bowl to the grand vizier, saying, Upon my oath, this is a marvelous thing. Tell me, O vizier, have I in my treasury a single jewel that will compare with even the smallest of these? The grand vizier is also taken aback by their dazzling loveliness and beauty. He would have lied, saying they were glass or crystal, but the stones themselves.